From a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca, your host, and I am excited to be with you here today. I want you to talk to me. Let me know what you're thinking. Is there a show suggestion you want to make? Do you have a question for a guest or for me? Or you just want to tell me what's on your mind? I'm here. You can email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Or you can go right to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and fill out the contact form there. It'll get right to me. You know what? You can also visit me on website. I promise I'll get right back to you. And if you miss part of this show, you can go to recent shows on my website. Again, that's talkwithfrancesca.com and listen there. And my awesome intern, Maria, just got me on iTunes. So I'm very, very excited about that. So can you believe the holidays are around the corner? Thanksgiving and Christmas will be here before you know it, and so is the delicious holiday food. But you know what? I'm not worried because I have Lene, the creator of Operation Fix My Life. She taught me how to stay in shape without strict diets or spending hours at the gym. You got to love that. Lene is the nutrition and lifestyle coach who showed me how to eliminate stress and transformed my health. I am loving it. In only five simple steps, she helped me lose five pounds in only seven days. And you are next. All you got to do is go to www.operationfixmylife.com and start your journey to a stress-free life through rest-based fitness. Did you hear that, ladies? Rest-based fitness. I just love that. All right, we've got lots to cover today. According to the Journals of Gerontology, one in three baby boomers falls into the category of either separated, divorced, widowed, or never even married. Millennials are also following this trend. A recent Gallup poll indicates that 59% of the 73 million millennials are single and have never been married, and the thought of aging can be frightening for those who have no support system in place. And I, I really believe that's true. But growing old doesn't have to make you feel helpless. So with us here today, I'm going to I'm going to cheat and I'm going to read this, is Joy Laverde. She is a leading consultant in the mature market industry. She's a trusted advisor in aging, caregiving, and elder care related issues. And she is also the author of The Complete Elder Care Planner. She, her work has been featured on Today, the CBS Early Show, NPR, and in USA Today and the Wall Street Journal. She's written this fabulous book, Who Will Take Care of Me When I'm Old? And um, it's everything you need to know to make your money last, take control of your health, and choose where to live. So a big welcome to you, Joy. Thanks for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. It's a pleasure to have oh, you with us. Really happy to be here. It's so funny because I was having this conversation uh, recently with my sister who is uh, approaching 63 and she is single. It's like, it gets scary as we get older because she's not, she's divorced. And, and, you know, I really do understand that. And, you know, we are, our body breaks down as we get older and doesn't necessarily heal quite as quickly. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it can be a little scary. So first, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background? Sure. Um, when I was in high school, 
I was introduced to uh, a nursing home on Thanksgiving morning because I raised my hand as a volunteer at the at the uh, all-girls high school that I went to. And Sister Dorothy and I walked into the nursing home, and I saw seven people sitting in the dark. Aww. And my 14-year-old brain could not comprehend this. And I said, something's wrong here. Something's missing. Mm. Planning is missing. So uh, life went on for me. I have a communication background, and I had the skills to put together a manual. That was the first book, The Complete Elder Care Planner, and that started the ball rolling. That book has taken me all over the world, and I'm pretty sure that this new one, who will take care of me when I'm old, is going to take me to some interesting places. Oh, I bet, because mm-hmm. it is so yeah. true. I mean, there are just there are more and more people who are single, and, you know, I mean, it's just... an and men often die before women, and then women mm-hmm. are alone. And, you know, and, and, and having children necessarily, doesn't necessarily guarantee you that you're going to be cared for by them. I mean, children move away. I mean, life is different. Kids get jobs in other states. Uh, you know, we, I mean, it's just a know, myriad of yeah. things. We didn't raise them to be care, care partners for us, like our parents may have. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're probably the last generation of care partners as we know it. Right. So we look around and we, we taught our kids to, to get out there and get a good job and have a family and do what you can do. And boy, did they go far. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I mean, they, but they go far and they go far away. And then, you know, they're, right. they're kind of stuck, you know. And now my mom is 91 years old. And my um, one of my sisters, I have four sisters, but one of them is an administrator in a nursing home. And, and bless her heart, I mean, she She's, we're really lucky because, you know, something happens to my mother and she's able to get her in that nursing home slash rehab and, you know, she's able to to um, get her the help that she needs. But, you know, it's not easy because we have a big family and we are kind of all over the place. So when I yeah. got your book from your public relations person, I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So mm-hmm. so let's let's just dive right in here and, and talk about this. So you, you wrote this book and, and what is it that you want our listeners to take away from it? To to know that there is an opportunity to look at your future self and to do something about it today instead of sitting around and wondering what that might be like. So I have this thing right out of the gate that there's two things. The first one is you have to get real. And you have to stop saying that the 60 is the new 40 or whatever they say. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 60, 60, and, and begin with the truth of where you are in the aging process. And then, and then the other thing is something that I call time travel, which I really love to do. And, and that is, is to make an effort to begin to look at the people who are already in, their, in your future. So people who might be 90 and 100 years old, they're everywhere. But you have to see, how are they living? Um, are they running out of the money? Where do they live? Who takes care of them? And this will begin that planning process. And and where do you fit into this? Do you do you what is exactly what is it exactly is it that you do? Exactly that. I I, I ask nine million questions all the time when I'm in the presence of people who are already at least ten years ahead of me. 
anyone, anyone 10 years and older gets a barrage of questions about everything. How did they come to some decisions? Are there any regrets that they may have had? What would you do if you were me? What do you wish you had, had done that you didn't do? I mean, I'm dismissed question everywhere I go. Mm. But those are more and, psychological questions, right? Like you, um, you were, you're talking about things like regrets or you wish you had done something that you haven't done, right? Aren't those more along those lines? I, you know, it, it runs the gamut. I just kind of take it and roll with it, and, and I let people just answer it any way they want. If they want to get down and dirty with me, I get right down there with them. Mm-hmm. If they want to talk about regrets, I, I listen. I'm a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have any answers for them necessarily, I, but I am. Uh, my job at that point is to validate where, they, where they've come from. Well, I have a little 21-year-old intern, and she has a question. She wants to know, when is a person considered old? I thought that was a very funny question to ask you. <laughs> but I said, I'll do it anyway. Okay. Um, well, if you do make it to the age of 60, okay, let's just start with this little tidbit of information. So if you make it to the age of 60, and all of us are going to be handed on a silver platter, no strings attached, 30 more years. So what what do you mean we, if you if you if you're saying if you turn 60 that you're automatically going to live to well, 90? Well, if you if you last long enough, you can very easily, it's not a stretch anymore that the 21st century is the beginning of this unique phenomenon for all of us that we're looking at people who are living to be very very old. So let's say you're 40, and you say, oh, boy, when I'm 60, I'm, I'm going to be old. But let's say you're 90, and you look back and you, you say, oh, that was hilarious that I thought I was old at 60, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just all relative. But here's the other thing about that question. So that's one of the questions that I ask my old friends. And, of course, these are people who are about 90, 100. 100? Oh, yeah, I know people who are 100. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I ask them this question, you know, so, so when are you old? And some of them answer in a very different way. Some of them tell me um, they get, people get old when their attitude changes for the worse. And when, when, all the, when all somebody does is complain and they stop listening and they, and they just stop caring about other people and they stop being givers. And I always think, boy, that is a that is such a unique perspective from an old person about telling me when a person gets old. Well, I always think that you know, if you want to live long and a successful life, you ask someone who is a hundred, right? Because they've figured it out, yeah. or just like people who have been married for you know fifty years, ask them what makes it work, right? Exactly, so, so, exactly. Yeah. So, what what do you think makes it work? What do you think makes someone live to a ripe old age? Well, I've, I've seen um, people, the attitude is what gets it gets them through everything. Wow. The, their ability to, you know, be resilient and to let things brush off and take things as they really are. I don't find a lot of old people kidding themselves. They just say it like it is. And that's what, that's what I've learned so much of. Well, I, I think they lack a filter, frankly, um, but that's okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think that they think that they, you know, that, they, that because they're a certain age, that it gives them permission to um, not exercise any kind of diplomacy. But that's okay. Um, if you're just if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Joy Laverde. She has written. She is the author of the Complete Elder Care Planner, and she also has a new book, which we're talking about today. Who will take care of me when I'm old? So let's talk about that, Joy. How does someone who is approaching their their older years um, think about that? You know, who will take care of me? What is? Why did you name the book that? What's that about? Well, because because it will narrow it down to a couple of things. The first hot topic in the book is, of course, the fierce urgency of money. Yes. So money is going to have play a big part in this whole thing. Um, housing is also going to play a big part. Now, when people think about housing, what they do is they say, well, if I live in a, a nice house and um, the weather is going to be pretty good and I don't have to shovel too much snow, um, things should be okay and I can bring services in and so on. But that is not at all what happens when you just stay put and you age in place and you forget about all the reasons why uh, your house will eventually come tumbling down upon you. Like, for instance, the uh, lack of caregivers and in, in professionals in the industry itself. There's a huge caregiver shortage. Really? So, when you mean oh, like, yes. You mean like <laughs> nurses, or are you talking about like, um, you know, home the type care. of people who home health care? There's a yeah. lot. Of, there's a shortage in home health care. Yeah, well, imagine there's 77 million baby boomers coming up the pike, and we don't have a lot of people who are signing up for these low-paying, hard-working jobs. Oh, I did not realize it was low-paying. Actually, I was thinking that it was probably pretty good-paying, but I guess not. Well, maybe maybe the people who run the businesses, but it's not necessarily the case. Or and if they are if they are higher um, paid workers, which is great, who can afford it? Mm, right, right. That's exactly right. So, so what? So what do you do? Um, there's a lot of interest in people beginning the process of doing something called home sharing, which is, you know, you sell your house and you move in with somebody else or you stay put and somebody moves in with you and you begin the process of taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of village to village, mm-hmm. uh, people taking care of each other. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we can do and follow the European model of caring and being around when, when we're needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that is becoming a, a big thing, the, the villages. I think that I read a while ago in the Boston Globe, I think it was something about, um, you know, a, a woman who was designing these villages. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, that's where it started. The um, Beacon Hill Villages started, and uh, now they're just snowballing all over. I live in Chicago. We have something called the Chicago Village Network, um, but they're all over the place. You just Google village to village, and um, you'll find out. But here's something else that's interesting. is You might also move into an apartment building. They're, they're all over New York. They're called NORCs, and that stands for Naturally Occurring Retirement Community. You can have a whole community of friends uh, right in the same building mm-hmm. and that, that begin the process of taking care of each other. There's going to be a whole lot more of that. Because people are living longer, you're saying? Living longer. They can't afford this, this expensive home care. Um, it's 
just going to go back to the way it, it has been for millions of years. Mm-hmm. So just shifting gears here a little bit, uh, Joy, you say one of the first steps towards safeguarding health and happiness in old age that you discuss is staying grounded in a sense of self and envisioning who you could become as you age. So what are some of the strategies and, and, um, and questions for coming to terms with the person you are and might become as you make plans to transition to older age? Well, um, that's a great question, and, and I want to kind of focus right on the word transition because we can all expect a lot of changes to happen as we, as we evolve into different roles. We're, you know, we're going to be, as you had mentioned earlier, we, we go from a, uh, maybe a married person to a, to a widowed person, or um, we go from a student to being a teacher, and then maybe we all go back to school. So there's going to be a lot of attention that we need to concentrate on the transition process. Instead of, instead of being, you know, stuck that there are, there's a change that may occur, we need to get better at living in the limbo stage of a transition. This allows us to kind of flow into whatever is supposed to be happening next, as opposed to being totally surprised by any of the things that happen. We just, I've seen it over and over again with my old friends. They just say, you know, yes, this, it was good while it lasted. And here we go again. And they just must say that a hundred times. Here we go again. What do you mean here we go again? Any, any, any change that happens, you know, Mm. someone comes and goes, someone dies, someone, someone uh, gets remarried. I mean, they are just, they just go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And it isn't to say that they're not in pain emotionally, Mm -hmm. but they are just so ready for um, the change. So that just tells me to pay attention to the transition process. And I, I do spend a, uh, an entire worksheet on that in the book because they have taught me just it's okay to be in limbo. It's okay not to know answers right now. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people who love you anyway, you know? Well, you know, I think that that's a, a good a good uh, philosophy, a good way of thinking, um, no matter how old you are. I mean, it, because mm-hmm. life is transition. I mean, you know, there was a time in my life when I would think, well, you know, I got through this transition, I got through that transition, and all of a yeah. sudden one day I woke up and I said, life is a constant transition. Life is mm-hmm. a wave. Life is cycles. It goes up and it goes down. You know, I mean, if you, you've been on a high for a while, you know, not that you want to plan on a low, but I mean, life does come in waves. And, and it's so true. I mean, we just, and if we are always, you know, just if we get sidetracked and, and we mm-hmm. don't, and we don't, kind of go with that flow it can be we can become very very flustered and especially as people age and you know some of the I always feel badly for for uh, big families who you know for the baby of a big family because they you know tend to lose their siblings again and my mother you know she's 91 years old she had I think I don't know seven siblings she's lost every single one of them she lost my dad she said I mean it's amazing how resilient she is you know sturdy Sicilian woman but you know but still and now her her 
best friend has cancer and I mean I think it's really yeah. you know we're all sort of concerned is you know is she how is she going to be with um, you know losing her friend and, and one of the things that she actually loves about this friend is the attitude her friend's attitude mm-hmm. is like hey you know I've lived a good life I've had a wonderful life and you know so mm-hmm. I think that um, being I don't know if comfortable with transition is exactly the word but you know I say transition uh, equals nothing which is no thing so we're sort of like in the midst of nothing you know in just an empty sort of space and and it's important yeah. to uh, to appreciate not not well yeah appreciate almost that space because it's also a time to grow to learn and I think also um, it's important to constantly be growing, to be learning. And I don't care how old you are. I think that when you stop learning, when you stop growing, when you stop socializing, mm-hmm. um, you become dead. And, oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, right? Yep. You just, you just, um, you become invisible, not only to other people, but to yourself. And then you just give up. And um, it isn't necessary. I, I, I give everybody a lot of space for, for them to do their own thing. And uh, most of the people around me are not, are not interested in being invisible. They are living full out. And those are the kinds of people I hang out with. Well, I think people who do live full out are, you know, they're just, they, they, bring, they bring life. I mean, people often say, you know, you know children bring you life. You know, being around children is, you know, it's life, you know, and when when you have a lot of life around you, um, Mm. I mean, I think that is what keeps you alive, right? Uh, um, But, you know, just shifting over here during the past few years, I mean, there's been some major medical advances that have radically increased our life expectancy. Um, And in some ways, that can almost be a little daunting. I mean, but how can someone prepare financially to live many decades after they've stopped working? You know, I I read something really interesting, and that is, if you grew up in a house where nobody talked about money, there was a good chance that you wouldn't either around family. Mm-hmm. And so, and so everybody walks around, and nobody's talking about the money word. And when in fact, the money word, <laughs> it's, it's just going to come back to haunt you if you don't start talking. So. One thing, it sounds real simple, but you got to talk, you have to talk to each other. Siblings need to talk to siblings. Siblings uh, need to ask their parents, are you going to be okay? Are you going to run out of money? We need to talk about this. Um, Our children need to talk to us about money. I mean, everybody's got to open up that can of worms and trust that everything will be okay. If you don't, uh, you, you just simply no way around it. If you absolutely refuse to do that, and there are plenty of people who refuse to let anybody in on their money secrets, talk to a professional. Mm-hmm. And and who you need to talk to? You need to talk to an elder law attorney. You need to talk to your real estate broker because that's the person who's going to tell you all about your house. Mm-hmm. If you're a veteran, you got to find out about all the benefits that are that are. You, you so deserve, and you need to know about that. And, of course, a certified financial planner. But the good news is there are new um, certifications in something called certified financial gerontology. So that means that some, some certified financial planner went the extra mile and got another certificate on uh, being a financial gerontologist. That's the person you want to talk to. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, all so right. All right. Don't worry until after you retire, listeners, to worry about your future. After the short break, we're going to tell you everything you need to know to plan for your own safe, financially secure, healthy, and happy old age. So stay with us here. Don't try so hard to move past the moment. Are you looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia's Ristorante. A true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End, this cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than red sauce. Over the years, the inventive and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Captain Lord Mansion is the ultimate bed and breakfast experience. It's the only AAA four-diamond bed and breakfast in Kennebunkport. But it's so much more. It's the perfect, elegant, romantic getaway. Relax at their day spa. Be pampered in your room with heated floors, jetted showers and tubs, gas fireplaces, king and queen beds, flat screen TVs, and all the quaintness with all the modern conveniences. Be surrounded by impeccable gardens, waterfalls, fountains, a putting green. A charming gift shop, wine cellar, the list goes on and on, including a full three-course breakfast. This is a stay that you will never forget. Engage in our special offers. Call 207-967-3141. 207-967-3141. CaptainLordMansion.com. In Kennebunkport, Maine, memories and elegance await you. Losing weight can be overwhelming, especially if you're a busy woman. You barely have time for yourself, never mind diets, exercise programs, or weight loss advice. Fortunately, though, Lene Urban, creator of Operation Fix My Life, has just the solution to your weight and health problems. Operation Fix My Life will help you create a unique work-life balance. So discover the five-step formula to eliminate stress, transform your health, and rest your way to weight loss without starting another diet or going to the gym. Go to OperationFixMyLife.com slash courses and start your journey to a stress-free life. Transform your health and lose weight through rest-based fitness. Now what are you waiting for? Life is constantly evolving, relationships beginning, relationships ending, careers progress while some fail to thrive, fortunes abundant are only two pennies to rub together. When life is at a crossroads, psychic medium Ann Donnell has helped thousands locally and all over the country, including myself with her psychic insight and guidance. Anne is not only a professional psychic medium, but she's also the girl next door and extremely down to earth. Once you meet her, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So visit her or book your appointment today at annedonnell.com to find out about her offerings and hear what people are saying about Anne's readings. That's www.annedonnell.com. Curious? Check her out. You'll be glad you did. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I have a lovely guest, Joy Laverde, today, who is with us. Welcome back, Joy. 
Thank you. And uh, what a beautiful name, Joy, and you're bringing <laughs> joy to people's lives. So Who Will Take Care of Me When I'm Old is the name of her book. She is also the author of The Complete Elder Care Plan. And as we age, um, Joy has some great tips on really um, what we can do to to have a, um, a healthy, happier life. So let's talk a little bit joy about creating a support network because i think that's a big thing um you know what and it, and it not only is it a big thing it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with being old it's not for old people it's for everybody Absolutely. at every stage of life so the obvious advantages of having a support network of course has to do with um the, the being healthy and having having that as an added buffer. So there's there's nothing better than being connected. There's nothing better. Well, I think that not being connected, um, well, it's never a good thing. And I think that being connected is like we are in relation to each other. And that's how we, again, learn and grow is how we are with, with other people. What about um, another question I want to ask you is about long-term health care insurance. Uh-huh. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, first of all, you have to be 18 years old. So that's that's when you can start buying it. Most people don't realize that you can buy it at any time in your life, but the financial planners will tell you it's a financial tool. So it's not for everybody, but it's a good idea to have if you think something might happen to you, you know, between certain ages and a financial planner will take a look at that and say, hey, this is a good thing to buy right now. At some point, some people just say, okay, I, I have enough money and I can drop it. But the critical thing to know about long-term care insurance, first of all, it pays for everything Medicare does not pay for, which is a lot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, it is based on health and age. So let's say you're down the line and you're 70-ish and you've had a couple of aches and pains and you've been diagnosed with this, that, and the other thing, and you go to buy long-term care insurance, it's going to be astronomical. It's going to be very expensive, right, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought it at the age of 50. I know people who have bought it at the age of 40, um, especially because they had children. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, So it's something to just look into as a financial tool. Mm. What does it cost for a long-term health insurance? Oh, it, it ranges so much. I, I can't, and it also depends on where you live. So I can't even answer that. It's 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 not cheap, but it's cheaper than trying to figure out how to pay for memory care, which can run anywhere between ten and twelve thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy, right? Right, 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 right. So how can a person balance independence in old age um, while reconciling the occasional need for help from others? Because I know that's a big thing. You know, first it starts with, you know, needing a ride. And then the next thing you know, you don't have your, you can't have your license and you're not driving anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be a really daunting thing. I, you know, I, this was actually back um, going on three years already now um but a a very good friend of mine she at the time was i guess she was in her mid 50s and uh, she had lupus and 
when she lost her eyesight or was really losing mm-hmm. her eyesight, that's kind of when it was just, it was, um, it was really brutal for her. And um, she ended up having a, a massive heart attack and dying though. So, um, but you know, I mean, that's like, you know, it's tough when these kinds of things happen. It, it really, really is, you know, it's, it's, um, and, and, and so how can a person actually balance that, you know, and, and, and actually reconcile that, that need, those needs, or those changes, I should say. The only answer I have, and it, and it, and it works for me, is I'm really careful on who I hang out with. <laughs> okay? So, so if I have people around me who have been through almost every experience in the world, they calm me down and they talk me into um, just a, a place of, okay, and they, and they just, they, they just, nail it in terms of how to get through a tough time and the tough time may never end but I'm so careful about the kinds of conversations I have with the kinds of people I surround myself by and I have to say I have a very strong spiritual life Mm -hmm. because there are so many questions on why me when you know what am I supposed to do about this um, I can't, how am I going to deal with this? These are spiritual questions. Mm-hmm. Who is our spiritual advisor is, is uh, something that, that I, I don't think I can live without. I know I couldn't live without. As a matter of fact, I have a spiritual director, and I go to her when, when things are really crazy. Hmm. Tell us more about that. And, and, and we, the people, again, uh, my role models, have a spiritual life far before the end of life. So that, that these are these are um, people who are examining from a spiritual point of view all the time. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about having some. Everybody has all these different um, right. ways to be, be spiritual. That's, That's great. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, people call it different things. Um, you oh, know, yeah. right? And, and the universe, yes, and the, God, it doesn't really oh. matter. I mean, it, what really matters is that there's something bigger um, than us and, and where these, um, and where we can, you know, kind of hone in on some, hopefully some answers. If you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Joy Laverde. We are discussing her book, Who Will Take Care of Me When I'm Old? And we are finding that out. Now, the, the other thing that I... That concerns me is people who don't have children who maybe they were, you know, they were married and, you know, for 50 years and their husband passed away, their wife passed away, or they got divorced. I mean, these things happen too. You know, that, that's going to be a very challenging, challenging experience and um, a concern for people who don't have any children. And what would you, how would you speak to that? Well, some some of the fun things that I am um, hearing about is m- many of their friends have children, <laughs> so we come to know our our friends and their family, and so often, sometimes the children of our friends will befriend us mm-hmm. like we're family, right. and that's one of the things uh, that's happening. Um, there are some really neat programs, one of them that I'm absolutely in love with. It's called a surrogate grandparent. So 
you could get this at you can find out more about it at any area agency on aging where you could become a grandparent for a family that does not have a grandparent isn't that incredible mm. so you get hooked up to this family who is craving a grandparent as much as you may be craving a family and you you cannot imagine the wonderful families that are created out of this kind of volunteer it's a volunteer thing Mm -hmm. and people get together and become family or speaking of volunteering that's another way to be to uh you you start out being a volunteer and people will take you uh, they'll fall in love with you i mean because there you are giving 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 and People love givers. I'd like to shift here, Joy, and, and talk a little bit about finding a health care provider who, who cares about your well-being um, and taking care is doubly important. I'm actually, I have a wonderful, I mean, I have an absolutely wonderful primary care physician. I, as a matter of fact, he doesn't, I wanted to uh, change insurances this year because with the insurance out there, it's just crazy. Um, and he does not take the insurance I was interested in. And you know what? I'm not switching insurances just because of him. He is a one-man practice. I can call there. I can say I have, you know, this this that's wrong with me. Can you, you know, see me? He might talk to me on the phone and tell me, "Well, I don't think it's this or I don't think." It's it just amazing, amazing man when it's time for my physical. I mean, the, the the checking, the body part is so minimal, really. He sits with you for an hour and he talks to me about my diet, exercise, joy, spirituality, mm. pets. I mean, you name it. An amazing, amazing man. Now, he does believe in a vegan diet. Um, I do not eat a vegan diet. But um, nonetheless, I mean, he's really made a difference in reminding me that that greens are important fruits and vegetables are important okay fine so you know he eats fruits and nuts and only that kind of a diet but nonetheless it is very very important um to have that kind of a health care provider i feel very lucky very blessed and um you know and and not having that is um it, and when something goes wrong it can be darn scary you know, very darn scary. So, um, you know, but the general outlook on doctors is you really go to them when you're sick. You know, what do you think are some goals to have in mind for yourself and your doctor when you're seeking out what you call the doctor right? Well, first of all, you are extremely lucky. Um, oh, I, I, I love him. I love him to pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just an amazing, amazing doctor. I think we have to look at all kinds of ways to be healthy. So, so we we started talking about the health benefits of being social. That's one thing. Um, definitely uh, being proactive with health care. Uh, we're not going to age the way our parents aged. We, we are... Our question seekers, we are proactive, we, we want a lot of things, and so we won't be finding all of the answers with one healthcare provider. We'll definitely be, um, even our yoga instructor may say something that'll blow us, blow our minds and say, my God, that's the best thing I ever heard, uh-huh. you know? That's right. so we're just, yeah. You know, healthcare, healthcare. And, and advice and um, role models will all come full circle for all of us. And we just have to keep our eyes open. And if somebody 
ever talks as nicely as you just did about a healthcare professional. You got to ask that person, okay, give me their name and phone number. <laughs> Are you kidding? I, I'm selfish. I don't want anybody having his name because I want to make sure if I need to get in that I can, you know, I mean, just amazing. Just, yeah, no, I mean, that's... literally, I mean, just an amazing, amazing man. He's just loving yeah. and caring and um, very, very smart. It's just, but it's very unusual for a uh, general practitioner to just be in practice by himself but he's for whatever reason and I don't know what it is you know but um, I just feel very blessed and very very lucky it was actually years ago this guy who was um, doing my website for me told me I was new to the area and he told me but I, I think I must have been looking for a new primary care physician he told me about his doctor and um, and, yeah. I, and I also think in speaking of which which we really haven't touched on is um, is food I mean I think that you know eating right is important and hydrating ourselves also I think that's something as people get older I don't know what that's about but I it seems to me a lot of older people have issues with hydration yeah so I'm not I'm not a medical person but um, I have a bottle of water in the bathroom and right by my computer and on the kitchen I have them in every you know room where I'm in a lot so I just keep them everywhere well yeah water, because yeah I mean coffee it dehydrates you um, and right yeah. and, and you know and then there's a summer and it's hot and it's yeah you know, so it's it's important but I mean I also think eating a really well-balanced diet and you know the American diet is just not great oh. I mean I think that we've you know certainly come along but i mean the processed foods the sugar i mean you know i mean i've got a friend who who gave me a ride to the dentist the other day and it was just like wow i mean i'm just like surprised like you you take you know medicine for you know like um what do you call it the the acid reflex or whatever but and rather than Mm -hmm. take off maybe the the 30 pounds that you know, you need yeah. to. Um, and it's not a judgment. It's just, it's that, you know, this is this is the American way. It's like, yeah, it's okay if we're overweight. You take a pill for this, you take a pill for that. Oh, you have a headache, you take this, you take that, you know. And, and um, you know, and of course there are times when we absolutely need that. But, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you have a sore throat and there are still doctors who will write your prescription for an antibiotic. You know, I mean, you got to be careful. I mean, these things do make a difference. And we really do need to be very proactive in how we care for ourselves because, you know, at, at the end of the day, we are responsible for our health from everything from our, our socializing and our, you know, our, our education and, and um, you know, our fun times and our, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, you know, our recreation, these things all make up a good, healthy life. And I mean, what could be worse than getting older and being in pain, whether it be psychologically yeah. or physically? You know, I mean, we have to be so, so, you know, so uh, proactive in that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joy. No, I was just going to say, I'll give you some good news. I know plenty of old people, and again, I'm just going to start at the age of 90 and up, who are taking no medications whatsoever. They're not necessarily uh, in pain. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily sick. Um, They may have, you know, may use a walker now and then, but, uh, or a cane, but we can't assume that we're going to get to old age and fall apart. Because <clears throat> I have plenty of friends who are not falling apart. 
So what, they take yeah. care of themselves. <laughs> they exercise, they drink a lot of water, and they have a lot of fun. And that's wonderful. And, you know, in pop culture, there's often this image, right, that I was just mentioning of elderly uh, parents being shipped away from their long-term homes, off to the unknown, you know, often unfriendly retirement communities. Um, and, but if your aging plan doesn't involve moving, what are some suggestions oh. you have for making home a safer place as you age? You have to move. There is no, there is absolutely no way around it. You you will find that every um, every book on active aging says if you don't move, you will eventually freeze and not be able to move. What do you mean? What, I'm, talking, I'm talking about physical. I'm talking about moving as in like moving out of your home. Oh, I thought you were talking about mobility. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But see, yeah. I don't think that you need to do all the cardio and the weights and everything else. I think walking 30, 45 minutes a day is is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so what was your question about them moving? Oh, if you're not going to be moving, you're going to be living alone in your home. What are some... some um, sort of safety uh, precautions. Mm. What you know, making your home a safer place if you're going to be living into the ripe old age of your nineties. Well, a lot of people are looking at um, getting in and out of the house safely. So stairs or even a little threshold may be a barrier. But what I what I found was really interesting by a professional. Uh, they're called universal designers. Even if you're not the person who needs like a, a pathway without any stairs, your visitors are may also be getting older. They may need it. So it's kind of we have to think about in order to not be isolated as we age in place, that's the term typically used, we also have to think about the kinds of people who are going to be delivering stuff to us, visiting us, perhaps staying over and uh, being with us for some time. So outside, taking a look at what makes things safe, there's there's no doubt about it. It helps to have somebody else come and take a look at it. We get used to our surroundings. And you know how you just you, you step over something and you, and you turn a corner because you know things are there? Mm-hmm. But have a stranger come in your house, and they'll tell you what, you know, they're about to break their neck on a stair or something like that. Well, yeah. it's, just, I mean, it's scary, you know, falling. And yeah. my, my cousin, 50, how old is she? 57 years old, I guess she is. I just saw her last week. And she took a wild fall. And you oh. know, she was rushed to the hospital by an ambulance. She was out of work for a week. You know, it's just really, uh, you know, hang up those high heels, ladies, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, you know, so let, let's talk about driving because, you know, a lot of people want to continue to drive. What are some precautions to take, you know, um, or, and if you don't, you know, how can you make the transition from driver to passenger any easier? Well, The good news is, of course, on-demand driving is making that less of an issue. But if you still have a problem being a passenger, it helps if you ask people who who have already quit driving how they get around. Because tons of times they, they come up with some very creative solutions. One of those could be, this is this is something I hear a lot, you think about grandchildren, if you have any, who just got their driver's license, 
they're the only people I know who really love to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Santa, I mean, grandchildren typically love to take his places right. because they're driving. <laughs> so think about think about them as a resource. And um, and if they're if you're not related to the grandchild, and maybe it's a friend's grandchild, you know, give them a couple bucks for gas, you know. But the idea is to become a passenger before you have to. And learn about the public uh, ways to get around and on demand, and um, and then just just uh, ease into it. The, the worst thing you can do is drive when you know you shouldn't be. Oh, I remember I was just a a kid and I was commuting to college, and and um, I remember I was you know driving along the road, and an older man he must have been in his late eighties. Mm-hmm backed right into me I was hitting the horn and of course he couldn't hear and his daughter came out and she was screaming I told you you shouldn't be driving and mm-hmm. oh it was just mm-hmm. terrible it was just terrible but anyway you know you talk about not just reading your book but uh working it yeah do you want readers to go at it with a pen and make a calendar out of the book I mean what's your vision of how people use use your book well it is, there's a lot in there, and what you're going to find right out of the gate is you'll look at a chapter, for example, and you'll say, "No, I'm, I'm not dealing with that," or "I've already dealt with it," or oh, "I don't want to, I don't want to do that right now. I want to do this right now." So there's not going to be any one way to read the book. You just go to the chapter, uh, the table of contents, and pick something. Pick something that that moves you, and go to that chapter. And then begin the process of looking looking at there's objectives on the first page of every chapter. So so it'll tell you this is what you can expect to read when you come here to this page and this chapter. So start there. Um, find what you're looking for and then dive in. There are a lot of checklists. There are a lot of worksheets. Um, lots of, uh, at the end of every chapter, there's insights, more insights, more uh, books to read, more TED Talks to listen to, songs to listen to. That was my favorite thing. One of my favorite things is coming up with the songs that were related to the subject. Mm-hmm. And just, like, don't worry about, uh, life doesn't happen in a straight line, and neither will this book. Mm-hmm. It just, I, I, I had a thought. Wouldn't it be interesting if um, a, an older group of people got together and had this as their uh, book to use at a book club? Well, we're doing that. Uh, actually, I have a, a couple invitations right now to do that. I'm going to be present at the book clubs. And, what a um, great idea, huh? Yeah, we're going to have, I can't wait. It's going to be so enlightening, so fun. And the ages of the women, it's mostly women, um, they're from 30 years old. They, I have so many young women interested in this book, all the way up to people in their 80s and 90s who are in book clubs. And so it's just, it's just I was on the radio the other day, and a a 24-year-old asked a question. She got online and um, on the phone, and she asked a question about planning financially, and I just could have hugged her. (laughs) Oh, wow. I I, I wouldn't think um, people that young would be be looking at the book. I would think the book would be more for baby boomers. Nope. The the millennials um, are, are equally... 
uh, interested. It's probably because they they love their grandparents and their parents so much. They want to be helpful, mm-hmm. and they are showing a lot of interest. Well, that's fantastic. What other important? We have just a little bit of time left. I think we have about mm, three minutes. So. Just with the last three minutes that we have left, I don't mean to put you in a box, but what other important points about aging um, alone that people usually don't think about that are important to share with our listening audience? Um, Well, people tend to use the words old age and retirement simultaneously, like in the same sentence, like they're the same thing. But what I would like them to know is that there is a huge difference between planning for one and planning for the other. So, you know, we in, when you plan for old age, you have to plan for uh, com- more complex questions. You know, they, they go beyond the who, you know, where should I live? Should I go on vacation? Should I work? I mean, it, it's different. You know, retirement asks different questions. So in old age, you you want to you want to um, ask yourself deeper questions like the conversation we had before: Is my house age friendly, or who is going to take care of me, or hey, should I go through this medical procedure or not? Mm-hmm. And one of the most important questions people need to ask about old age is: How can I stay relevant in this world? These are these are the questions of old age. They're not the questions of retirement. And that's a different subject. Oh yeah. I mean staying relevant of course is the the key to again going back to you know feeling alive and feeling a yep. a, a sense of purpose because I think when we lose our purpose when we you know we Again, when we lose our our sense of purpose, I think that we we lose everything and then we're just existing. It's just sort of like, you know, waiting to die. Yep. Yeah. And they and they and that they do. And that they do. Absolutely. You know, I'll just share with um, you and our my listening audience in the last minute that um, my mother had been in rehab back about a month ago and I had gone to visit her and I brought my little dog. And, um, you know, there was, as I was leaving, a woman said, is that a little Bichon? And I said, it is. And she said, oh, could you bring um, him over? And I did. And um, the father was in a wheelchair and he looked up and he smiled and the woman began oh. to cry. It was very, very, very tender. And she said, he used to have two Bichons. And she said, you know, he's really been kind of quiet he hasn't been expressing himself at all lately well he just became so alive (laughs) and it was so excited I ended up taking a picture and I ended up putting it on Facebook and you know just goes to show you that you know something people are much more interested in those feel-good stories than knowing what someone had for dinner right I mean I just had (laughs) so many people who liked that post and who shared that post it was absolutely fabulous so Joy Laverde who will take care of me when I'm old it has been a pleasure having you on talk with Francesca this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. You're very welcome. Okay. Is there a website that our listeners can go to? Yep. It's elderindustry.com. Okay. Elderindustries.com. Thank you again for being with us. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, it's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Who have been um, miserable human beings in your life. So tell us more about that. Well, I think it's, you know, it's 
you know, we become mirrors of what's in front of us. And so gratitude really changes the experience that we may have with an old relationship, an old job. And we can hold on to it negatively in terms of it weighing us down. Like, why did I make that mistake? Like, why did I stay? But we continue to beat the drum of that, of that voice in our head versus looking at it saying, listen, without that experience, I wouldn't know that I don't want this, this, and that. Right. So without meeting that individual or without having that job, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that can apply in so many ways to all of us versus looking at the negative of it. Because every experience, every relationship teaches us more of who we are and where we want to be. I also think that so, it's very hard for us to be um, unhappy and grateful at the same time. I think that's an important point. Well, I think when we get to that place of having days, and we all have them, I have them, we all have those days like, oh, you know, like the kids are late to school, the, the clothes didn't dry, dinner's late then we have to say, well, what can we be grateful for? Well, I have a roof over my head. That's right. You know, the the easiest thing to turn around a negative thought pattern or momentum in one is to say, what can you be grateful for? And there's always something to be grateful for. Exactly. Always something to be grateful. And it can really change that energy. Well, Ian Donnell, thanks so much for being with us today on Talk with Francesca. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, listeners can get a hold of me by going to my website at andonnell.com. I'm in the beautiful town of York, Maine. And they can also call to leave a message, um, which is 207-351-8203. But the best way to get all the information is right on my website. And I do readings um, in person at my office here in York. And I also do phone readings all over the country and globally. Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much again for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Francesca. Okay, take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, it's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. It was such interesting information. Remember, um, we've got some uh, giveaways, and Danelle has uh, so graciously given us two psychic readings worth $160 a piece. So the fifth emailer and the 10th emailer wins. And also um, the Heart Healthy Coffee Vera Roasting Company is giving away a pound of coffee. All you have to do is put coffee in your subject line. And again, the fifth emailer will win that as well. So hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Don't try.